What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo Podcast, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Presented by UberLiftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ. I want to start tonight by thanking all of you for being part of our new podcast community. We've really seen some good growth. Uh, we've got a lot of people that I know from social platforms who are coming over and listening and um, presenting questions and and participating and listening, and we're seeing the stats go up, and I'm glad that people are liking it. We are only We've only touched on the starting of all this. We have some big things to come. Really looking forward to it. So this week's going to be a little different. We're going to run through uh, some news, and then we're going to do a rundown of some of the top topics we've talked about on the podcast thus far. But before I go jump into the news here, I, I do want to uh, throw some mad props out to my son, Max. Uh, he was a huge help to me getting prepared for this podcast and helping me to go back in here in the next few days and recreate the linear notes to each episode. He actually went through and listened to all of the podcasts to date and did notes for me. And I already had some very basic linear notes, but he really was a huge help. And I, uh, I, I noticed some notes he took that I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened, or oh, yeah, that happened. And I'm now, now going to be able to put those in when I rewrite these linear notes so that they're more informative on each podcast. And it's also helping me for tonight. But I do want to say a major shout-out because he did this. He he listened to all of them in, like, a day. So he put, like, a full half day in to do this for me, and it was uh, it was just awesome. So thank you, Max. You rock. And uh, moving on. So let's jump into the news first tonight. After Uber and Grubhub deal fell apart, I guess Uber put its eyes on Postmates. I have been I, I was following this a few days back, but I just kind of thought it was background noise that maybe they were just in talks. I thought that after the Grubhub acquisition didn't happen that why would we see postmates do this because postmates is scheduled to ipo and i know that most gigs that have ipo'd in the past 18 months have really not succeeded as well as they had hoped and the pandemic has not helped in any of this but there was a there the last year year and a half has been really really tough on gig companies that have waited to go public and then once they did the fallout that they faced and just everyday life but also that we've faced with covid and and the pandemic uh these have not been the greatest greatest times for this but it's interesting to me that uber wants postmates i the grubhub thing made a lot of sense i i guess maybe i don't have the demographics down on postmates quite as well I know in my area, Postmates isn't a very uh, one of the big players that you see around doing a lot of deliveries, and that's I'm in the Denver market. But uh, this is interesting for sure that that Uber's interested. There's another company too, and both of them have put 
uh, formal pr- proposals down bids to buy Postmates, but Postmates still does have an IPO date scheduled. I know that Postmates is taking it seriously, and they are looking at also selling off just because of the hard times that everybody's faced. Probably the amount of delivery apps out there these days that have that are already up and running, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, you know, those are all going. And so Postmates might face a very, very difficult long road if they IPO independently. The better call might be to just sell the company, and that's understandable. Obviously, they have some price in mind since they're even willing to be talking about this. So it is an option that they're not only willing to look at. Obviously, they've explored it, and they think it could be a very good idea. So we'll see where that goes. Put a put a tab on that one. So we are approximately, is this right? Yeah, approximately three, yeah, three April, June. So we're approximately three months since the pandemic caused stay-at-home orders and since the real breakouts occurred in late March, early April here in the United States. Even though cases were happening for COVID-19 before this, that's kind of the, the measure I'm using here. Companies like Uber and Lyft during this time have closed many of their divisions as they've had to lay off upward of 25% of their workforce of employees. This has nothing to do with drivers on the platform. This is actual employees. For Uber, that number's up near 4,000 employees. And one of the divisions that shut down in both was the autonomous division. And at the time, I was thinking, finally, you know, finally some words of wisdom or some smart moves here on the rideshare giant's parts by not blowing all this money into autonomous when there's you know, 30, 40 companies, huge companies around the world, way ahead in autonomous testing. So I've thought for years Uber needs to and Lyft need to cut out some of these programs. I thought once they went public, this would happen because the shareholders would not let the, you know, anything be pulled over their eyes here because they they know and they've been waiting for it to go public. I really thought this might kind of tear down, and it didn't from the IPO, but it did because of the pandemic. What I found funny today was that, and it almost amazes me, is that as of today, Lyft is reopening their autonomous department. So they're bringing back their people who are going to run the cars on city streets in cities where people are living, even though we've seen all this, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Arizona don't need to be reminded by me, but autonomous was live in both of their cities. And I think pretty much they're the only two that you can really call it autonomous went live. And I know it in both cities, it still had a driver sitting in the autonomous car that could take control, but nonetheless, they went live. And in both these cities, Uh, people were killed by these autonomous vehicles. So I've said this before, maybe not on the podcast, but on the website, uberliftdrivers.com for sure, that I'm kind of shocked that these companies want to be out there live. I mean, to me, it seems like you need to go build a little city somewhere and get all the autonomous companies to participate in building this city that isn't populated, but maybe has like, you know, 
people that pop up out of nowhere, um, build the grid, the mapping sequence, all that for the city, and then just kind of have fake things that pop up last minute, a dog running across a road, so things like that, but not in reality in a live city, in a in more of a testing environment, and see how that goes, because there are so many issues with with autonomy that I or autonomous that I don't even know where to really begin. I mean, Waymo, Alphabet, Google, General Motors, Bolt, they all kind of have some rain on the autonomous industry, but I don't see why Lyft level five is going to come back to, to try and get back their foot back in the game. I mean, they, in my opinion, they were never really in the game. So unless Lyft were really to go, crazy and sell out to Google Alphabet and tie in with Waymo, I don't even see why level five is in existence anymore. That should have just been outright closed, especially post-pandemic. And when they did do it after the pandemic, I am just shocked that where we are now with the pandemic, they're reopening these programs. I mean, they just, it seems like that money should be either pulled in or reallocated to the parts of the platforms that make money, which is rideshare. So to the drivers, to whatever, you know, promote rideshare to come back even, because that's going to be a marketing strategy of its own after this pandemic. But it's, it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's just amazing to me that, that this is the time that they're choosing to come back in. So unless there's some underground deal we don't know about that we've with Google or, or alphabet, and the merger that we had heard about before, um, that it's a lot, maybe a lot closer than we think or something, or maybe that talks resumed regarding that. I don't really see why they're doing this. So that we'll keep an eye on that for sure. We also have another Uber PR stunt this week. And if it weren't for the person who wrote this article, I wouldn't even be talking about this tonight. But Uber is asking passengers to sanitize the back seat for the drivers. And they say that this is going to be a thing, you know, just like they said in early May that they're going to get PPE stuff out, masks, gloves, hand sanitizer. In the first week of May, they said this, and that was six weeks after the pandemic started. So, wow, did they drop the ball there because that was six weeks too late. But also... Uh, when the when it finally did come to certain select cities, it was, you know, a handful of gloves, an eight ounce bottle of hand sanitizer, and a, a few masks. It wasn't really what a driver needs for any length of period. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not really. I think that their PR stunts have gotten out of control, and during the pandemic, I think how you know how. How wrong is this? I mean, they, they should have been jumping on this and getting it handled the first week of April. And instead, set, first week of May, they announced it. And when they announced that they were going to get PPE, they said it would be in two weeks. And that only fell to select cities and very select people. And I'm only talking about this because the person who wrote this article about the passengers now having to sanitize the back seats for the drivers for Uber wrote the article on 
that as well. And when it didn't follow through, there was a follow-up article written. And that's what I want to hit on here is that this was written by Dara Care for CNET. And Dara is not Dara with Uber, <laughs> but Dara writing about Uber, Dara Care. She uh, writes some really great articles if you haven't read her stuff before. But one thing that I really like about Dara is that she always comes back and addresses the articles she wrote. So if a company makes a statement like this publicly and she writes her article, she doesn't just kind of mention if they don't follow through later. She'll write a follow-up article saying this didn't happen. You know, san passengers sanitizing the back of, of Uber cars is supposed to be happening now. She wrote about it. She will have no problem writing about if that doesn't happen. And I like that about Dara. And I've, I've had some direct messages with her privately on Twitter. And she's a very nice person, um, very communicative. And uh, I really, really like reading her articles. And it, I, the last time this happened, she did come back and say, hey, listen, this really didn't happen with the, with the PPE stuff. But I'm glad that she wrote this too because, again, I, when, when other art papers write about these type things, I don't think that all the time that they go back and address when it isn't followed through on very well. I'm not saying every media outlet, but most. I mean, it, they might make a quick mention, but it, it doesn't seem like everybody does that. And I like that Dara does that. If you haven't checked out her stuff, check out this article that's recent about the passengers sanitizing the back. You can find it on CNET. Or you can uh, check her out on Twitter or whatever and find her articles. But, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I, I don't see it as any more than what we saw in May, which was simply a PR stunt just to get their name out there as they're doing something good, and then they don't do it. So let's see. That's my call. But who knows? I could be wrong, right? Today, Reuters put out an article about Uber on public transportation. Now, this is in regards to Rhode Island. And Uber and Rhode Island uh, Department of Transportation will be teaming up for Uber's expertise, quote-unquote, on software expertise, quote-unquote. So this is from the Rhode Island Department of Transportation. And I guess I'm, I'm really... I'm banging my head against a wall. Uber expertise on transportation planning. So let's just think about this for a second. Uber has tremendous issues running their platform correctly. But now they're going to go in and help the state of Rhode Island run the public transit? I, I mean, to me, unless they're... The only thing I can think of is that Uber's doing it for cheaper, that maybe they bid this out with other companies like Waymo, Alphabet, Google, something like that, maybe even uh, Bolt, any of those. And they maybe they asked for everybody's proposals, and Uber was the cheapest. And maybe that's the only reason they're going with it because, I don't know, to me, software expertise and Uber – don't go together. I that I don't put those two together. When I think of wow, that software is dialed and wow, the code is amazing and the platform runs seamlessly. I don't think of Uber. <laughs> I actually think of how many servers and as the servers grow, they just kind of have people who deal with the servers. That's about it. The code is the code. 
You know, it's just a simple algorithm that I know it takes a lot of program. I'm not saying too simple, but I don't think it's expertise. But that's that's my personal opinion. I don't know. Maybe you guys feel different. I just don't think that this is a good team up. I think that the Department of Transportation should be doing this without Uber's help. But we'll see where this goes. This was a bothersome. I want to hit on a couple, two articles at least um, that kind of bother me right now. Um, one of them is, and they've been going on for the past week or so, but the Uber, Uber algorithm that is charging more to non-white areas. Now, I saw this in an article about a week ago, and I was like, what? And then I thought maybe it was just a misprint or maybe it was a misworded title to get my attention that I'd get in there and find out it's charging more to the white neighborhoods. But they're charging more for lower-income or non-white neighborhoods than they are to the white neighborhoods in the same market in the same city. Now, don't get me wrong. As a driver, I love Surge. All drivers love Surge. But I'm not talking about Surge. I'm talking about your everyday. There is no Surge going on. Straight up pricing. The model changes. And it's not because, oh, well, here's the county line. Because it could be right in the middle of a market where the rest of the market surrounding it is a certain price. But now, through an algorithm, we found out that Uber is charging more to the non-white neighborhoods to go to there, to go from there, uh, to pick up there. And I'm just, I'm kind of disgusted. I, I can't believe, and I don't understand this. I mean, what what is this? If if the if by non-white you're you're referring to lower income too, why why is why is that less or more to cost them more? And the drivers see the same amount, but the people who can afford it, and again, this isn't a color thing now, but the people who can afford it don't have to pay that same rate? This is, it's ridiculous. And drivers, I, I ask every one of you in every market around the country, around the world, if you're hearing this, to please look at your your tickets for you know, a day's, a day's work, you know, go into them. And if you know that you hit some non-white neighborhoods or whatnot, um, some lower income neighborhoods, go in and look at those tickets and see if they make sense or see if it looks like the Uber charge to the passenger is a little bloated for what it should have been. And then you got paid exactly the same as you would have for any ride and then go compare it to, um, the non-white neighborhoods to a white neighborhood, about the same distance, about the same time, and see if it, if it looks the exact same price. I don't think it does, and according to the algorithms and a lot of reporting that's out right now, that's not the case. And I, I just think, you know, we're, we're in a pandemic right now. We're dealing with, you know, protests and all kinds of things that aren't, that don't mesh together well. A pandemic, protests around the world, especially around the United States, and it's just crazy to me that during this time, Uber and Lyft would have the gall, or the, excuse my language, balls, to go out there and actually do this. I mean, this is just ridiculous. And I think that, I hope that the companies who have ran the analytics and have the actual evidence to prove their 
their data correct, do so. Let's let's get it out there. Let's get it more mainstream and actually show it. And if Uber did do that, I, I hope they get caught. I hope they get caught and fined. I mean, this is, I don't all the time yell against the company because I don't like a lot that they do, but it's, you know, sometimes you got to say it's their company or whatever, but this is something that just is unacceptable on all levels. Which leads me to another thing that happened, which is that Lyft has been dealing with a lawsuit with the DOJ, the Department of Justice, regarding the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I knew that this was going on, but I didn't know... Well, let me get to the summary here. I hadn't looked at the amount that the ADA was trying to get from uh, Lyft out of this for not having... So what they do, I guess, is they take, you know, they take the amount of users in a market on the platform and the amount of drivers in a market on a platform. And they kind of, using those numbers, determine how many ADA-accessible cars have to be on the road and that you have one close enough to be able to deal with any ADA calls that might require a wheelchair be put in the car or whatever it is. So... This isn't like we don't allow dogs. This is the ADA. So I expected this to be a huge number they were suing them for. And actually, they settled for today for or yesterday for $40,000. Now, to me as a driver, $40,000 could mean a lot of money, right? But I don't know. Lyft as a company and the ADA, I just expected this to be a huge number. And to settle for forty grand, I just... I'm going to need to go back in and see what the original claim was for. Maybe it was only for a hundred grand. I'm just, I'm doubting it. I'm guessing it was in the millions. And how did this settle for such a low amount? I don't know. Um, I'm going to need to find more details. I tried to rack them together before the podcast here, but I I just couldn't find any details. I just saw that it had happened, that they settled for 40,000. And again, to a driver, that's a lot of money. That sounds like a lot, but to the ADA, that shouldn't, I don't know. It's good that they won it, but or got the settlement. But I'm just wondering why that was such a low ball number. And maybe I look, need to look into exactly what what the initial fine or what they were suing for, what the damages were. But we'll check on that and stay on top of it and get back to you on that one for sure. So moving out of the news tonight, we're going to do a little bit different of a thing. Um, we're going to look at the last two months of the podcast and some of the topics we've covered. But before I jump into that, I, I, I want to shout out to my son, Max, again, who really helped me on this again. Uh, it, it was really pretty cool. He's, I didn't mention before, he's a 13 year old boy. And uh, this was, this was pretty big for him to put in a day, basically listening to these. And a lot of it's over his head, but a lot of it wasn't, and he actually left me some really great notes that I'm gonna that are gonna help me. I know I mentioned this before, but it's worth shouting out again. So Max, thank you. You're the man. So now let's let's jump into some of the recap of and the breakdown of some of the podcasts so far. And again, thank you all for listening. It's it's really it's been an it, it's been an adventure so far, but we're only scratching the surface. I got some great people lined up. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you news. We're going to, the format's dialed now. 
So tonight we're just kind of recapping and getting all tied up on the same page. So we'll start with PUA. If you have not applied for PUA, or let's start with if you have. If you have, hopefully you're getting it. You should be, no issues. We are rolling into July, and this is the last month of PUA. So, as of now anyway. Um, so, if you have applied, you should be getting payments, or at least know what's up, have email contact, have a schedule. You should know when your money's going to come, or you should be able to follow up, or basically most of us or anybody who has taken upon the PUA should be already receiving funding. But if you haven't, you actually still can file for PUA. I don't know what'll happen, but again, folks, don't forget that I put on in a ton, a ton of hours, uh, both for autonomy.jobs but also for myself in the beginning, and that's what caught David's eye and why we started working together, autonomy.jobs and us and uberliftdrivers.com, because David and I, he was putting together a project and I already had so much of the research done. I'd put in so much. Like, If you need any information on any state, I at least know a good portion of every state. On some states, I know a ton. And on, on a handful of states... I know more than I know about my own state of Colorado because it went pretty seamlessly here in Colorado. So, well, not seem, none, of, none, of, none of the states went seamlessly, but it went as seamlessly as any of the states did, I would say. But, yeah, so if you need help with the PUA, please email me. Uh, hit, hit up the website to find some articles first if you want to research it or do, or do some looking around at what we've written on PUA. That's uberliftdrivers.com. But email me at uberliftdrivers at gmail.com if you would like to talk about PUA or why yours hasn't arrived or what's going on or you have a story because all this knowledge, I don't want to go wasted. We have helped a lot of people, but we still have a month. And if you haven't applied and you are thinking about it, apply. It can't hurt. And if you're, if you're still working, you won't probably get the PUA. Maybe you'll get accepted. But then weekly, when you're declaring what you earned, it might offset it so that you really don't get anything. You'll get zero. But what happens if you stopped earning or if you caught COVID or anything? I would think you at least want to have that PUA in place because there's a, an equation, a mathematical equation that happens when you enter in your earnings each week that will take away. It, it basically can zero out your PUA. So you might get accepted and then earn nothing off the PUA. But what if, like, you caught COVID? You can't rely on these gig companies right now to do what they were saying in the beginning, which was already minimal, of taking care of people who caught – the drivers who caught COVID and whatnot. So it can't hurt if you think that you should apply. If you have any questions, we've done so much research. But we're pretty much putting it to sleep, and we're going to see what happens if it – we don't think it'll get extended in any way, but if it were to, we would bring it back up. But otherwise, I'm kind of putting the closure on this book. However, for the next two weeks, three weeks into July, if you have any questions, please hit me up. I'll help you. I'll work through it with you. We can see if we can get you still applied, pushed through, whatever. Because you can also backdate it, too, if you screwed up and never applied, and now you're kind of kicking yourself about it. You can go back and apply 
and g- push it all the way back to March and see what you get in compensation. And again, that would be a one-on-one conversation at this point. Um, and if you raised a good question or something that I think applied to everybody, I'd bring it up on the next podcast. But again, uberliftdrivers at gmail.com. Catch me there. And uh, if you have any questions, let's, let's, let's talk. So over the next few weeks, Marissa Edens is going to be helping me get some things dialed with the website and the Facebook page. Hopefully I will be at the end of the next few, like I'm talking about basically July. She's going to be helping me out like one day a week. And I'm so thankful for that. But she's going to help me get the, the website dialed and get rideshareRodeoant.com and uberliftdrivers.com together on a new site. We're going to redo uberliftdrivers.com. But it don't worry, folks. It will have the same clean, easy feel. The landing page will go right to news. There will just be some, some new options in there, and there will also be a link to the Rideshare Rodeo within the site so that everything's all put together in there. And I'm really happy to, to be handing over the Facebook part of this to her and hopefully that will continue even after she's done helping me this month or in July. But it's just me. I just, I'm not a big fan of Facebook. Um, she's on Facebook, so that's probably a lot easier for her to handle. I mean, I only go on there only to handle this, and, and I really don't update it enough. I know there's a lot of people on Facebook, and so there's a, you know, there's the conversations that we have should be going on there as well. But I'm just not a big fan of Facebook. So I know, and especially, I was there in the beginning with Facebook. But as it got more and more and more and more and more, just the last four, four or five years, it's just turned into a bunch of garbage in my mind. But a lot of people love it still. So in no way do I. Does that bother me? If you love it, most of my friends do and stuff. I prefer Twitter. I just do. Um, you know, I can get news quick. I can get. I can read briefs real quick. And and it doesn't seem to be going in a different direction than it's always gone. Twitter is Twitter, and it it's just a good platform for me. We all, we do all the social media platforms, by the way. But um, I know we need to have more of a Facebook presence, and we will. So I will keep you updated on all of that. But um, yeah, I'm really happy to have Marissa helping me out with this, and you're going to see a bunch of changes. And every week, I will point out any changes that we've made. So. Just stay tuned and keep listening, um, and I will I will keep you updated with that. Oh, yeah. Before I leave the subject of the website and all that, I wanted to let you know that, for whatever reason, the uberliftdrivers at gmail.com account, I've, I've plugged that on the podcast a couple times to reach out to me. I was in there the other day, and I am so sorry, folks. There's nothing I can do except for apologize. I don't know why this has happened, but I had 23 driver emails in my junk folder. Um, I don't know why. I've I have other I've had other Gmail accounts. I know how it works, and I, I've never seen it filter quite like this. It's like filtering everything. Um, so very few things were getting through, but for the past two weeks, maybe about 16 days, actually, I think it was, there's 23 emails that I will have everyone responded to by the end of July 1st. 
tomorrow. So please, uh, if you emailed us or me two weeks ago or a week ago or yesterday, expect a reply by end of day Wednesday. And I am very sorry for that. There were some great emails in there and I will be replying to each one of you. And we might even put a couple on the podcast because there were some great questions I think would be good for other people to hear as well. So, oh yeah, Denver drivers, uh, superior auto image. The windshield deal ended today, uh, June 30th, but tomorrow they will be releasing a bunch of new specials. So superiorautoimage.com in Denver, uh, it's the place to get everything done. Check out the website. They do, you know, tinting, windshields, dent repair, uh, you, you name it. They do all that, the kind of work that rideshare drivers need a lot. So check it out um, and check it out later today or, I mean, tomorrow. And they should have the July ones up, if not by the second at the latest. But uh, great place. I've had a few windshields replaced there. It's a family-owned place, great place. And uh, reviewed super high, ranked super high. So check them out. Okay, so moving forward a little bit into some other things we've hit up on the Rideshare Rodeo podcast. Um, Let's see, going back through, we talked to Vanessa from Launder, launder launder.com. That's L-O-N-D-R.com. Their website seems to be new. I want to have Vanessa back early next month or early August. Sorry, we're right on that cusp right now, guys. But I want to have her back early August to see where they're at. Um, it seems like things are going, starting to move a little bit in terms of at least their presence. I see them daily tweeting. I see images. I've seen the website change. So things are going good there. And if you don't remember, Launder.com is a laundry gig. Um, they're pretty much represented on the West Coast right now, as Vanessa told us. But... Like I saw a tweet from her the other day saying, hey, we have people who need the service in Juneau, Alaska, but we don't have a person to do it in Juneau, Alaska. So if you live in Juneau, Alaska, go to LONDR.com and sign up as a washer today because they need somebody up there. So (laughs) oddly, um, that's the first city I'm going to tell you about. But uh, Yeah, I know that they're pretty much just up and down the California coast, the Oregon coast, and I think into Washington. But I know that their plan is to spread nationwide. So let's keep an eye on them, too. That was a great interview. I think that was episode five or six. You can go back and check. Um, I think it was five. So, yeah, and that that was a great interview with Vanessa. And uh, you'll learn a lot and where the company wants to go because I think – and I don't want to misrepresent it, but I think that there's their goal is to have perks and it might even be employment status. If you want, I, I don't want to speak out of turn and it's been a little bit since I've talked to her, but I do know that the hourly rate that they were wanting to get to the washers was pretty good. So I won't say more than that. If you want to reach out to her or their team again, launder.com. Uh, we also had a great episode with Jason Pease. Uh, he do, he has a YouTube channel called Drive to Win 13 and is definitely worth checking out. We had him on the podcast because 
he had uh, been doing rideshare for the past three years. But when the pandemic hit and no rideshare rides were around, all the delivery apps started booming. So right at end of March, he jumped on all of those delivery apps and did some great YouTube videos on how to make the transformation from rideshare to this and some quick tips that he had already learned on Postmates, DoorDash, Grubhub, uh, Uber Eats, Instacart, I believe. So that was another great interview. I don't remember what episode number that was. Probably six if Launder was five. So yeah, you might want to go back and listen to that one. Uh, there was, it's definitely some good stuff in there. If, and I know that if any of you are thinking still about doing some delivery, it's still, it's still hopping in a lot of markets. So, and even as ride shares coming back, it's staying pretty busy. Uh, the delivery end. Some people have bailed because it's not quite the money it was in late March into April, but a lot of people stuck around and, uh, and now I think that, uh, the ones that have stick around, I think that they're still making really good money. The tips might not be the $50 cash tips that we had heard about and some of the crazy numbers that we had heard about, but nonetheless, it's there. We are now live on almost all the podcast listening app choices. Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, you name it. Hopefully your favorite podcast app is playing us. If not, please email me, uberliftdrivers at gmail.com, and let me know what podcast app you're using and if we are not showing up. Because as far as I know, we're showing up in... I mean, everyone I'm looking in these days. So we've submitted to a lot. The only thing I know we're not on yet is Pandora. And they had told us that that was going to take a month about two weeks ago. And I don't know why. But so anyway, um, even the other ones that said it might take a while, they've now got us live. So that's good. Hopefully everybody had a chance to listen to episode number eight, Nightmare Driver Story and Obtaining Your Gig Worker Data. Both are great. And I got to tell you guys that uh, this was the first, my first of many to come horror stories from the road, as I call it, uh, about me. And it's, it's, it's a very good r- rideshare driver horror story. If you want to go back and listen to that one, it's, I think, yeah, that one is number eight. And it's a good one, guys. So go and check it out. And I want to let you know that if you've noticed a change in the episode numbers or their their title, that was due to some issues because I had made episode 1, 2, and then we did a 2.5 for the pandemic unemployment assistance program that I did on like a Sunday. And I should have called that episode 3. So I went back and renumbered that 3 and had to push everything forward. Right now, everything's dialed. Episode 1 through through 10 are all up. This is episode 11. And uh, it bumped things, but all the names are correct. They won't change again. All the numbering and sequence of order that they came out in is correct. So now you can go listen to them in order. It's not a jumbled mess at all. And again, thank you for bearing with me, guys. This is not a... You know, I just had... I didn't have the experience with this, but... Like I said, it was a learning experience for me too, and I think we've got it down. You know, we're now in all the 
we're listed in all the podcast apps and uh and now we can I don't know. So I want to, I almost want to apologize to you guys. <laughs> Two times here on the podcast, I've tried to address AB5 and not as pro or con. I just wanted to address it, but neither time I felt like I really hit it on the head. I didn't feel like, oh, I nailed that. That's good. Because I'm not trying to take a pro or con stance. And I think that next week, in five to 10 minutes, that's all it's going to take. I mean, not that it's that simple, but all I'm going to take out of, out of the podcast is five to 10 minutes to make a side-by-side comparison of AB5 versus Connecticut 989 from last year. Now, if any of you know about Connecticut 989, great. If not, you'll have to tune in next week because I'm not going to get into the details here, but I'd almost forgotten about it. And I liked a lot more of what was going on with Connecticut 989 than AB5. And Uber and Lyft were showing up at the table to talk about Connecticut 989, which did almost pass. So we will discuss that against the pros and cons of AB5 and see where maybe there needs to be some middle ground because that might have been a better idea to some than AB5 or... Maybe those two need to be kind of brought together and then talked about it at the table because that was, I, I, for me as a driver, if I had to pick one of those two, had to, I would absolutely pick Connecticut 989. But that's just me personally. Again, it was a deal that would have definitely helped the drivers, and we will get into the detail next week because I don't want to hit on that now. If you have not heard last week's podcast, the Dumpling versus Instacart and Future of the Gig Economy. We had uh, Matthew Tells on the podcast, and he did an amazing job of explaining the differences of Instacart and Dumpling. I knew the, the basics of Instacart, and I've done a lot of research on all the Instacart drama that goes on and how the workers have been treated and all this. And I've posted a lot of articles on it, but it was really nice to have Matthew on the show. He's very well knowledge in these shopping apps. And he did the comparison of Instacart to Dumpling. And I, I think that any of anybody wanting to do Instacart should listen to this podcast, Dumpling versus Instacart, our podcast number 10 from last week. Go back and listen to that one. If you're thinking about getting into that, arena at all of gig work because he really presented some really great information. Even, even me, like I was, you know, I was blown away by some of it. He really has a great knowledge on it. And just like, just like David and I are out there, David from autonomy.jobs and I are trying to help people. Matthew's doing kind of the same thing, more of a grassroots level, but he is in Chicago. And I think he just did a great job explaining it because I don't disagree with anything Matthew said, but it was absolute, but it, or with the things about these platforms that he was saying, but it was, uh, interesting to me because I absolutely was learning the whole time instead of like a normal interview where, you know, or, or conversation where a lot of it you're doing, I felt like, Oh, okay. I was getting new perspective on a lot of it because it, I guess I would think of it like, Traveling two highways the same direction, going to the same destination, 
So you're thinking alike, but you're seeing different things on the highway along the way. So I was, I was seeing it a little bit differently than through his eyes. And he absolutely brought some, some light to, you know, as, as he says, you know, just how bad Instacart is. And I think that he presented a very good case on that. And he presented a very good case on dumpling too, on why they're so much better in his opinion. So go back and check that out. If those are something you might be interested in. And this Friday, Marissa and I will be doing a special brief prod podcast. Uh, it will, you know, we'll try and keep it 15, 20 minutes, but it's going to be on some tax info for gig workers. So guys, don't guys and gals, don't forget that April 15th tax deadline got pushed to July 15th. So if you didn't file back in April, that July one is 15 days away now. As soon as we hit tomorrow, we're in the two-week zone. And you got to file. I mean, don't be late. On the, on the three-month extended tax filing date, don't be late. Don't flag yourself. Um, but we will do a quick, quick breakdown. Marissa has some more uh, information on this than I do. She has more knowledge on on the tax stuff and 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 some of the write offs and things like that. I know I know some things, and we will talk about them. And maybe I'll even ask her about some of the previous posts we've made in previous years about tax write offs that rideshare drivers can do. I'll come up with I'll I'll bring up some of those articles from UberLiftDrivers.com and ask her some questions like Can we write this off and see what she thinks? It's it's not a be all end all, but it might be good information for you to have before you file. So if you're, if you're going, Oh my gosh, I got to file now it's July. If you've already waited this long, maybe wait till Friday. See if you get a little bit out of us. You know, you never know. It's only gonna be 15, 20 minutes out of your life. And it might, you might learn some things and, and, uh, learn some write-offs that you absolutely should be doing. And maybe some of the ones that, yeah, you can do them, but be careful. So we'll try and get that down as best we can. And again, you know, Marissa works in that field, but I wouldn't, don't quote anything from our podcast, you know, just use it as your own information and then go on your own compass as to how you want to proceed with that. But check that out on Friday. Another thing happening on Friday, Marissa and I will be posting, or I will on uberliftdrivers.com, a post on gigs you can work from home. Now, this is, I've mentioned it a few times, but I'm not going to just sit here and read them off. So what I'm going to do is put together the list we have, and if there's a little tidbit of information next to it, and maybe the earning potential range. But now that we hit July, and if, you're, if you still are a little skeptical about doing rideshare or whatnot, but you're, you want to get back to it, or maybe you don't, it might be a good time to pivot to some of these online gigs. Um, some of them are great. You know, it depends on, unlike rideshare where it depends on what market you're in as to how much you can make potentially doing rideshare with this it's different because this is online gigs from home where everybody in every state has the same potential it is the same market it's online but if you can find one of the jobs on this list that you think you'd like or that you know would be oh i can do that and you think that the pay looks decent, give it a try. You know, maybe, maybe you'll find that you can reduce your rideshare hours or optimize more family time or whatever by doing some of these from home. Some pay way better than others. And, um, 
some, you know, most, about 90% of them require absolutely no experience in whatever they're asking you to do. Maybe 80%, 80 to, 80 to 90% don't require that. And when the ones that do, it's really not a ton of stuff that they require. So, but watch for that on Friday and I will keep adding too. As we find new ones or hear about new ones, I will keep adding to the list. And as if we find out one isn't any good from people, we'll take it off the list. So you guys will have to help with some feedback, but I'll put them up there. And I think that you guys, when I put up 10, uh, in a post, I think two months ago, or actually before the pandemic, like February, it had a lot of conversation going around it. People were, hey, do you have more? Do you have more? So we've been building a list, and I'm going to get that out there. And the last thing I want to talk to you tonight about before we get out of here uh, is optimizing your gig worker data. So first of all, you should know every gig platform that you're on is farming your data every day. They're selling it. They're selling your email. They're doing this. And when you hit, I agree in that checkbox so that you can drive for Uber, Lyft, whatever, whatever you're doing for gig work, you are also agreeing to the fact that to the third party vendors or to their partner vendors, they can give your information. They're not giving your information. They have an agreement with those companies to sell your information. So if you remember, or if you know about the Europe issue, for three or four years, drivers were fighting for their data. They want. They said, hey, if you can sell it, I can have it. And it took them four years to get it. Well, our sister uh, company, Autonomy.jobs, or our, our sister project that David runs with, with some other people, is able to get all of your data from every gig platform in a day or two. And... There's no secrecy here. It's all secure. He can get you your data for free and all of it dating back to the beginning of whenever you worked, whether that be four, five, six years ago. He can pull it all the way back on every gig platform there is. Autonomy.jobs, David at autonomy.jobs. You can find that. Get on there because not only can he pull all of that, and you guys should have a cop. If they're selling it every day, you should have a copy of it. You should know what they're selling. You should also just have a copy of it because who knows what you could, what you might need it for, or who knows what it, it might show you or tell you. But on top of that, once you do that, if you want to, David will give you a free account with autonomy.jobs so that you can look at your market and see which platform, which gig platform is paying the most, you know, for rideshare. Let's just use rideshare to keep it simple, but he's got all the gigs can plug into here, but you know, if it's if it's Uber and Lyft, he can say that, you know, the average pay in your market is this per hour. And then if you're like, I'm not making that, then he can have six-hour blocks kind of showing you, well, from this time to this time, you're only making, or the average is only this. From this time to this time, the average is this. So you can see why you're not making the high end or why the average seems low or high to you. You can see all of that, and you can also see all of the other gigs, even the one you're, ones you're not plugged into already in your market. You can see all of them and see what their average is per hour. And if maybe the hours for, say, Instacart, maybe you're trying to drive days for rideshare and you're just not get making enough money. Well, you can see what Instacart pays. That's a bad example. Let's use dumpling. <laughs> 
There you go, Matthew. Shout out. Um, so uh, let's let's say dumpling. So if you want to see, well, why am I not making this in the in the day doing rideshare? You know, I used to do pretty good, or maybe you're new to it, or whatever. But I'm not I'm not making anywhere near the average in my market. Okay, well maybe you can look and see that Instacart's average or dumplings average is X amount of dollars per hour, and you're like, wait, that's good money, and then. And then you look and see that, oh, wow, it's it's also during the day when I was doing rideshare, and it's four times as much as I'm making doing rideshare. You'll be able to see that for everything. Uber Eats, DoorDash, you'll be able to see all of the gigs available in your area, in your market, and what they pay per hour average, as well as the breakdown. So guys, don't miss this opportunity. It's in the early stages. Autonomy is our sister, and... Uh, David and I talk a lot. Uh, we've almost become a team as far as I'm concerned. And hit him up before he gets swamped busy because they constantly are getting more busy, more busy, more busy. <laughs> and we've taken on a few projects. We started with PUA. David and I teamed up on that one. And then he did some help with some other stuff. And now it's moving into this. And it's really um, evolving into quite quite the uh, tool. And I, th I think it's going to be one of the strongest driver tools we've ever, ever seen. So that said, I'm a six-year dr veteran driver. If I'm saying that, I've seen a lot of things. This is a great one. So that said, that's a wrap. And uh, that's where we're at in the first two months. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you for supporting it. Thank you for helping us build a community uh, we, we've only scraped the surface here, guys. Uh, the best is yet to come. We have so much on the horizon. Keep listening. Um, our stats are really starting to go up. We're getting some listeners from all over the country now. Um, and we've even got some worldwide ones. So, uh, keep listening and, you know, make sure that, you know, you're retweeting if you're on Twitter or if you're on Facebook, check us out. Um, you can find all of those links at uberliftdrivers.com. You can find all our social links. So uh, that said, uh, that's a wrap. And, you know, be good to each other. Spend some time with your family. Connect with friends. Uh, take advantage of this time. Even if you've already re-entered or you're about to re-enter the world post or during the pandemic, <laughs> I guess post uh, curve one, maybe pre curve two or not. I don't know. Depends on your view, but regardless, if you're, if you're already back in the, in the economy or you're about to reenter, uh, you know, be, be safe, but reach out, touch base with some people. If you're still just about to reenter or whatever you're doing and be good to each other, you know, stay positive. I know that it's been really easy to slip and get into some bad times, during these home arrests, I'm not going to call them stay-at-home orders anymore. Basically, it was home arrest. Uh, so <laughs> um, I know we got a little cabin fever, all of us. So anyway, that said, that's it. Take care, you guys. Take care of each other. Be good to each other. Do a good deed today. And with that, peace. Peace.